Welcome to the Third Down Conversion Podcast, where I'm being invaded by the girls talking boys. I have the great Chuck, Kelsey Charles, and Megan Murray joining the podcast now. So, uh, Hello! Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Thank you. Excited to be here. I mean, We're pumped. honestly, who needs brunch when you have a, dra- a draft weekend like that? Like, that was all the entertainment I really needed. Yeah. Exactly. I'll also take brunch, though. We'll have to do brunch after the podcast, but yes. So let's let's talk about the draft a little bit. I mean, I know we're we were all pumped. Uh, you know, the Cowboys had a fantastic weekend. Um, so are we ready to sign a petition that says that Jerry Jones has to draft from the yacht from here on out? Um. Yes. I don't even think we need one. I think he's. He's superstitious too. He'll be down. Honestly, he did say that on the on his yeah. press conference yesterday. He's like, "I'm just need to do wear the same clothes, like everything <laughs> that I wore this time." I'm like, "Yeah, Jerry, that's everything needs to be the same moving yeah. forward." He doesn't need much convincing to take a trip on his yacht. That thing is huge. I honestly twist my arm. If he needs a consultant, I'm available. Yeah, I don't I even mean, think he'd know that I was there. <laughs> I mean, we're talking about a 250 million dollar yacht, like. Like, why else wouldn't you want to be there? I mean, I would live on that thing. I'm like, forget a house. Let's just forget it. I got a yacht. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, uh, I, it was really funny that he did that. And then his quote yesterday killed me too. He said he, you know, I, he didn't really confirm that he was on the boat all weekend until the end, which I actually appreciated. And he goes, he was like, this situation actually might bring out the best of me. Moby Dick out here on my right. And all those added nuances just clear your head. <laughs> Leave it to Jerry to like make a weird Moby Dick reference. Honestly, it was incredible. I was dying. But yeah, I mean, they did a great job. It was really cool to watch. This draft in general to me has been so unique for obvious reasons. But I feel like a lot of people had a positive experience with it too. Like being able to be around your families. Like a lot of these coaches, like I saw Brian Flores was saying, how he got to see his kids and help them with their homework. While, they were so cute. Yeah, they were really cute. Um, so that to me is really kind of what stuck out, obviously on top of the fact that the Cowboys slayed the draft, which I'm sure we'll get into, but um, it was unique all around. And I think, again, like in a really positive way, especially in light of what's going on in our world right now. There were a lot of ways for it to go wrong, and it seemed to just run really smoothly, and yeah. it was really enjoyable to watch. Yeah. Yeah, as, you, as I was watching it and, you know, before it even went down, you know, we were promised all this chaos, you know, with with kids using up the Wi-Fi. So a coach couldn't really do his trial run or or an Ethernet cord getting pulled because somebody was vacuuming or, you know, it was just like all these things that we were promised. And then as I'm watching the draft unfold and it's like the first 10 picks, no trades, you know, it was very chalky. I mean, it seemed like to go in line with. Well, what people were expecting to happen, what was funny about that is because Ian Rappaport's like, oh, well, y'all are wronger than you've been in recent years. And I watched the first 10 picks and then go, okay, where's the chaos? Where's the drama? I'm, I'm ready. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't there. And and I a lot of people were giving a lot of kudos out to these coaching staffs and, and you know, the scouts for operating from afar. But you'd be remiss to not include the IT staff that has – worked tirelessly to get these guys equipped to be able to run these drafts like they did. Um, you know, I, I actually reached out to one of my friends who's in Cowboys IT before the draft. And I was like, Hey, listen, I'm gonna go ahead and give you props because I, I don't even have to ask you what you've been doing to know that you've been just going at it for 
months, or not even months, but like weeks on end to get this to where it needs to be. And, and they were successful. I mean, it was, again, like, like you said, it went off without a hitch and, and I mean, just imagine if you're trying to make a trade and your internet goes out and not to mention if we, if we talk about the fact that Jerry's on a freaking yacht, that just mm-hmm. adds an entirely different layer. And, and I'm he's sure in an ocean. Yeah. I'm sure it's very well equipped with all the highest technology, but again, like just adding that level to everything the Cowboys IT staff had to navigate, mm-hmm. man, like go ahead and give them a trophy. They probably felt like they were the, uh, kind of like how the scouts were and the coaches not seeing their families for days on end so that they could get everything prepared for this particular draft. Like you said, went off without a hitch. It was fun. Uh, let's get into the actual draft. What were your thoughts as you saw C.D. Lamb just keep sliding down that board? I think, like, we both looked at each other around, like, pick 13 or 14, <laughs> and we had this moment where we're like, are we – gonna get a wide receiver are, are we drafting a wide receiver right now we're drafting oh we're drafting a wide receiver <laughs> it was insane I don't think like like Meg said either of us were expecting it no and, I think we were all like oh chase on yeah we were just team chase on through and through and double up on the fact that he was still available when the pick came around and you know the defensive line is a natural need for this team um, you know, you've got guys like Alden Smith and Rick, Randy Gregory's of the world who obviously could add some value or we hope they would, but we don't know the state of their future with us, um, quite mm-hmm. frankly. And so, you know, you look at like a need-based pick and then you look at this unicorn of a talent who's just dangling in front of you and you're like, oh God, like based on what I've seen in the past, like, are we going to go with the need versus the guy who you could really build a team around? And I'm obviously happy to you know say they they did the latter and I know it's going to pay off day one guy in my opinion and um, just adds a different level to this offense that you know, 11 personnel. I, I, I would hate to face him. Yeah. Yep. You can really like pull around with those three guys like Gallup and uh, Amari and move them around wherever it's going to be really fun to see what they end up doing um, and how they end up tricking all these teams yeah. all around the field. Yeah. And like Meg said, I mean, these guys are versatile where, Amari and Gallup, they have the capability of playing in the slot, um, which is great because look at a guy like CD. He's the same way. Um, CD's one of those guys, too, where I watched him at the Texas OU game. I went to the Red River game this year. The best way I could describe it, and I saw some people describe it, too, was defenders would just bounce off the guy. And I love that about him. Um, He plays like he's a much bigger, bigger receiver than he is, and that's great. Again, playing into the versatility. We've had guys in the past who who are your big body guys, and that's just kind of what they do. But he's he's a little bit all over the board and, and more flexible. And I think it's really going to be a fun tool for McCarthy and Kellen Moore to utilize. I think they already are they're already doing some scheming. Is kind of what I'm hearing. Oh yeah, they yep. cannot wait. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was, yeah. I was so, hearing Saturday. I was hearing yes. Saturday. Uh, McCarthy and and Kellen Moore were already putting in some new wrinkles of the offense, what they could do with Lamb. But I got to talk about let's you know not just the pick itself, but the elation, uh, the euphoria, I should say, because I was I was watching the the feed from one hundred five three the fan, and just to see the look on Broadus's face and how Jeff Cavanaugh was acting, um, you know, Sean Sharif. I mean, they were going nuts, like, wait, we're really going to get this guy? And, you know, I had the same thing. And it's funny because during the draft, so I'm sitting there watching it unfold, and I'm texting Ari Temkin, and I'm like, 
he's like, I said, I hope that somebody takes Ken Law and I hope somebody takes uh, Chase on. I was like, let Atlanta take Chase on at 16. And then we got Lamb just sitting there. And then Ken Law goes off the board and I'm like, and I'm texting Ari. I'm like, oh my God, this is really going to happen. And then, you know, they go with AJ Terrell at 16. And I was like, I was like, there's no way they can't screw this up. There's no way. And yes, I would have been happy with Chase on because he was a guy that I thought could really help. But man, I don't think you could pass on a guy like CeeDee Lamb. And I don't think Jerry Jones would ever live it down if he passed on a top tier wide receiver again. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like the whole thing went out off without a hitch, but like that was like the drama for Cowboys nation. Like no one else really felt it the way we did, but like, we're like, are they going to do what they usually do in the past? And like, you know, really pick the guy just based on a need. Or are we going to like get, like the best player, the available. best player available, and they did not mess that up. Yeah, and also I think I think it's worthy to note. Like again, you look at some of these previous draft picks. I, I one of the things that I love about Brian Boras is he's he's taught me a lot of things, but he always says like he says a couple things. Like you, know, even if the team doesn't tell you outright what they're going to do, just really dive into what their actions are speaking to you. And so you've seen in the years past, based on some of these picks, where you know. And Marinelli has a scheme and he has a type of guy that fits that scheme. And so they drafted a guy like Taco solely based on the fact that he fit this specific scheme. Mm-hmm. And you heard McCarthy coming into this and he said, you know what, when I won the, I won the Super Bowl in 2010, I had 77 different guys that were a part of that win. And it was less about specific schemes and more about getting the best player in the door and in building offenses, defenses, plays, like building around this talent versus being very strict and rigid and saying, you have to come fit what we are running. And I applaud them for that. I I really do. I think, again, and that's going to even play better into a guy like Kellen Moore, who is young. I would assume it seems as though he's willing to take some risks and have some fun and be creative. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I, I, kudos Kudos to the Cowboys. This was a really pleasant surprise, and everyone has need to be excited. Yeah, they really do. And it's it's like you said, you know, you talked about Mike McCarthy, and he said, look, I'm, I'm going to take these guys, and I'm going to build a system around them, you know. And whereas years past, it's like we're taking this, this square peg, and we're trying to jam it in this round hole, going, okay, you're going to conform to right. this system, and you're going to do things this way. Now, do the Cowboys, did I think in a million years that they thought CD Lamb was going to be there? No. So when they do, yeah. I think that's where you get the excitement of McCarthy and Kellen going, okay, now that we got this guy in here, because I'm going to be really honest, I felt wide receiver was a huge need. Some people downplayed and said, oh, this is so deep. You can get this guy here and this guy there. I'm like, yeah, that's great. But if you have a talent like C.D. Lamb and you can move him around and do those things, that gets you excited. I was really pumped after Thursday night. I mean, I didn't go to bed till like 3 a.m. because I was just – I was so amped up. I was on adrenaline and I was thinking of all the different ways the Cowboys could do this. Cowboys could do that. And then day two rolled around and I'm sitting there and I'm watching Trevon Diggs, who was one of my top guys in the draft. I had a first round grade on him and I'm watching him and he's just sliding down the draft board. And I'm thinking, this is a guy we got to trade up and get. And apparently the Cowboys tried that and they couldn't find a taker. And then he falls right to them. And I'm thinking, could this draft start any better than the first two picks? Yeah. I mean, again, for me, 
you mentioned that wide receiver was a huge need for you. Corner is a huge need for me. Um, we have guys that are running out their rookie contracts. We're not sure the future of them with the team. Um, we obviously had some gaping holes with the loss of a guy like Byron Jones, who, you know, you hate to see all the freaking lovely statistics that Twitter is putting out there about him, but you know, he wasn't a part of the budget that we had in the plan. And so I get it. it I'm happy for him, but I really was happy with this pick with Diggs. Um, we needed, we needed to sure up this secondary. And there's a lot of talk about, um, you know, he's played on both sides of the ball. And I think that's great, especially for a guy in, in his position where he understands and understands the mentality of, of the guys that he's having to defend. And, um, you know, so that's exciting. Um, I know we didn't address secondary, but or, I'm sorry, safety, but I feel like Jerry mentioned there's guys that have flexibility to kind of move back and forth between those roles. And so I think we'll probably see that kind of play out in the offseason. But yeah, Diggs, man, um, if you're not excited about that pick, I can't help you. I mean, I all I smell is interceptions, baby. Like, yep. all day. Yeah. He, can, he has good ball tracking skills. He's played wide receiver before. His brother. Give me that. Oh, yeah. Minnesota yeah. Miracle, have you heard of it? Yeah, like talent just runs in that family. So I just I can't help but be excited about that. I mean, Al Harris, the the D backs coach came on one of five through the fan. Um, and was talking about the types of guys that he was looking for when, in terms of drafting. And I think this really speaks volumes to the guys they're bringing in the door and, and the, the guys they did bring in the door fit the bill for this. And he said, you know, gone are the days where you can have these smaller, these smaller secondary guys. I need, I want big, I want long, um, because quite frankly, you have to mirror the wide receivers that you're having to, to partner up against now. And yep. so um, a guy like Diggs will will do that for you. And uh, yeah, again, like another A. The, uh, <laughs> I, I have yeah. nothing, I don't know what to say. Like, it's shocking. Yeah, the the biggest pushback I got on Diggs, and guys, guy I was, I loved, and uh, and I said, I said, Diggs, this is a fantastic pick. Another A-plus pick for me. Uh, I started getting some pushback on it. go, well, uh, did you watch him against LSU? And I, and I stopped. I had to stop for a second and go, did you watch everybody against LSU? They ran through everybody. Like, I'm not worried about one game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's exciting. He really is. Like, I mean, a lot of people had him rated like first round and we, there's a lot of talk about if we, if the draft falls X way and we can't get chase on or him, like that was a person that was brought up a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So to see him see us in the second round, like heck yeah. Yeah. Again, like another guy that I don't think they expected to fall and okay, man, like, I'll, I'll, I'll preach this. I'll t- you will hear me say this and beat this into the ground over the coming weeks. The value that this team was able to squeeze out of this draft is absurd in the best possible way. And again, he's another guy that just speaks to that, that narrative. Yeah, it's, it, it really does speak to that. And so I'm excited. You talked about, you know, he was a two-way player in college. Um, when he goes up and attacks the ball, and I wrote this in my scouting report, I said, when he goes up to get the ball, you, you can't tell me that it's any different than Stefan Diggs because that's the way that he goes up and he goes and gets it. And so I'm excited about that. What was the one thing Dallas couldn't do last year? Create turnovers. And you bring him in, there you go. Uh, Dallas had a trouble up the middle. So what do they do? They go and draft Neville Gallimore, who they had a second-round grade on. And so I'm sitting there going yeah. – and he was another guy that, that was in – like, I had a list of pet cats in this draft. And, you know, CD, which I thought was never going to happen. Neville was another one. Trevon Diggs, Bradley and I, 
I mean, it was up and down. I was going, I was like, how are we getting all of these guys? You talked about the value. Oh, sorry. Uh, no, you're good. Um, she was just saying that Neville's my my favorite pick right now. Yeah, that's Meg, that's actually Meg's pet cat. Pet cat he too. has become my pet cat. <laughs> yeah. I mean, getting to you- read through, sorry, getting to read through like all of his social and all that stuff. He just seems like such a good team guy, and I'm so excited about him. I actually, I have a friend that works um, in the video department for the the team, and uh, on the football side in football ops. And he was, I was messaging with him, and he's like, oh. Like you're Kelsey, you guys are gonna love this guy. He's amazing. He's such a good person. Um, he's already got weed and boys all over all of his socials. Yes, like yeah. he's all in. Amazing. And I'm love like, it. come, my my Oklahoma boys, come down, cross the Red River, and come to the good side. Oh, he's been down here though. He was practicing oh, at that Baylor Scott Whitefield the whole time. He was so, before, yeah, before it closed down. So if, if that's not writing on the wall, yeah, it was. He manifested that. What's funny about that is uh, Gerald McCoy, who's a former Sooner, he's already like, I'm taking this guy under my wing, and it's like, fantastic, let's let's go. What did I, um What did Coach What did he tweet out that you were like? Oh, uh, Lincoln Riley said something about like the Dallas Sooners. Yeah, I've <laughs> seen that. <laughs> However, I'm very happy with McCarthy at this because he's walking the walk so yeah yeah but again like a guy I think a, a Neville Gallimore continues to speak to McCarthy's narrative and philosophy of finding guys that are good talent and being flexible I think you know there's been a lot of talk this offseason about three four versus four three and what the Cowboys are going to run and quite frankly I think that's an a, a, a an, an aged narrative nickel is is the base defense that NFL plays in these days and I think that your main goal is to find guys that can can perform and give you different looks and different fronts, and and I think Neville is a guy that's going to be able to do that. And I mean, I'm just excited too to get a to get a legend like Jim Tomsula get his hands on these young guys. I'm like, it's just a winning combination. And I I'm I'm not trying to overhype what the Cowboys did, but I just can't help but be excited. I feel like all the puzzle pieces are starting to fall into place. Yeah, you you gotta you kind of have to be excited i really think i mean and and it's great because of what's going on right now with coronavirus covid19 and social distancing and we finally had this moment where life felt normal for a moment you know for three days we all got to come together watch the draft get excited uh but it's hard not to get excited about everything like you said tom sula uh to go back to the point about running 11 personnel on offense i believe mike mccarthy had the second most plays out of the 11 personnel package that's going to be exciting um now you got now you got reggie robinson who they got in the fourth round another guy that they were super excited about you talk about another guy who's long he's six one long arms uh had four interceptions his senior year had it not been for some injury concerns i think he would have been a top probably a top 60 pick he might have been up there. I mean, he's a guy that got really excited, and he provides him a little flexibility. Like you said, somebody's going to have to play safety. Uh, Chidobe Awuzie, I could see that. Jordan Lewis, yep. I could see that. You know, maybe yep. even Reggie. I mean, you know, there's there's so much to get excited about. And then they bring in the center from Wisconsin. So you just replace one Wisconsin center with another, right? Uh, I believe somebody from Blogging the Boys, I think it was Tom Ryle, is dubbing him baby beard. I, oh. 
he did say that. I love that. Because I, someone tweeted me and was like, but can't he grow facial hair? And Tom was like, oh, he's already baby beard. Don't worry. So, um, yeah, that nickname is already already oh, yeah. in motion. Yeah, because I, I tweeted out. I said, what's his beard game like? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was you. Duh. Yeah. Yeah, so, no, I mean, you look at a guy like Wisconsin O-line, you can't go wrong with that. Coming out of coming out of picks like Travis Frederick and Zach Martin, I think it really taught this fan base to, if they didn't before, to value the importance of a strong offensive front. Um, it can, quite frankly, make or break a team. And so, you know, I think McCarthy, I know this was a guy McCarthy was big on, Jerry was saying that McCarthy started scheming on how to get him on Friday night. And, you know, he's a guy that's probably kind of quite frankly in McCarthy's backyard. And like I said, Travis Frederick university and, and they really know how to coach these guys up, up there in Wisco and get them ready for the big league. So it's a great ad value, value, value. Once again. Yep. And it just continued on with another one of my guys in Bradley and I, who a lot of people, like, well, he's not fast. And I'm like, yeah, but he didn't have to be. He's so technically sound. This is a guy that he has a plan for every snap on how he's going to attack an offensive lineman. And, you know, in Utah, they could play some defense. They just saw like four or five of their guys go in the draft. Uh, they got guys all over that defense that could play. And so now yeah. you bring in him, uh, which is a guy who I was surprised fell again. And then, and now you have him, you put him on the right side, you put him with Tom Sula. He's already technically sound. He can only get better. And so my question, and we'll get into the quarterback who the first thing I saw was one of his tweets and he doesn't like, he didn't like Tony Romo. So I don't know if we can, I don't know if we can keep that guy here in Dallas. Uh Oh, oh yeah. you didn't see the tweet. His, his social a little bit more before I feel he got like drafted. Everyone in the draft has done such a good job of that, but like you're going to find one or two out there. And <laughs> borderline disappointing. Um, but yeah, no, it he definitely tweeted something funny, but it's it, it happens, man. It happens. Yeah, they'll, probably get some, they'll have they can have some words. Maybe yeah, came he, out to some I know there's a few guys that dove into his tape because he was a guy that not a lot of us knew about. Like I honestly hadn't even heard of him. And then yeah. I got to watching some of his games at James Madison and, and people are starting to uh, dub him baby Roma with the way that he plays. So there might be a little bit of excitement there. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I think one thing versus to note too, though, is that I really don't think this has an impact on, uh, on Dak's contract discussions. This is no. not a move by this team to be putting pressure on the franchise quarterback to ink his deal or else he's going to get axed. But honestly, I think that was kind of the point. What? Like they had someone that has an upside that they can like really groom under him. Maybe if God forbid that he ever has to come in for Dak, but I don't, I think it was kind of a pick that wouldn't scare him or like, like yeah. just see, look at this team that we're making, but also I'm also thinking about you like getting a little backup. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's important to continue to groom your quarterback room. And again, McCarthy is very well versed in the likes of that. He's, he's had a few good quarterbacks or two <laughs> under his uh, reign. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Meg is a little biased against one of them specifically, but I'm a fan. I don't like Aaron Rodgers. She's just mad. For very biased reasons. Yeah. It has nothing say. to do with his talent. Yeah. Yeah. 
um, that we we haven't yeah. had the best of luck with him. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, yeah, that's that for sure. Actually, I think the the pick of uh, Danucci was more of giving competition to Cooper Rush more than anything. Uh, really push oh, him, totally. you know. So I, I am not worried about that. Uh, as far as the starting quarterback situation. And I didn't really want to get into talking about that just because of what he's going through right now. And so, but uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's a, it's a rough deal, but who, uh, if you had to pick one pick, like what was your favorite? I mean, my favorite is Neville, but <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. For I, a multitude of reasons. I just think he's going to be a good team guy. And then um, that was def- a definite need. He's a he's a big guy, but he's also really fast. I think he's going to uh, make an impact. Yeah. So that's my favorite. I think for me, you you can't not say C.D. Lamb in terms of just overall, everyone in general from, from a Cowboys fan perspective is going to be hype on that. That's a given. Um, but if I had to dive in a little bit more, I'm going to go with Diggs. I, again, I just really – feel like he's a smart addition to this secondary. Um, I mean, shoot, I, I'll add in Reggie Robinson. I'm gonna, I like all the picks, okay? That, like, I, I like yeah. all the picks. Like, it's just – it's. I'm just really impressed with what this front office has put together. They did a good job of, of balancing the – drafting the best player available while also securing players that are going to fill important needs. I think they're going to win a Super Bowl next year. I'm not going to go that far, but – they're definitely building a really strong foundation for a playoff contention type team. Yeah, for years to come, honestly. Yeah, I, I honestly, I mean, I could easily say CD. I could say Diggs. I'm, I'm going to stick with Bradley and I. I just, I was so excited, ecstatic that they got him, and he's going to be fun to watch and you know put him across the tank, see what they can do. But I want to appreciate y'all for hopping on the podcast. Make sure you check out their podcast, Boys or Girls Talking Boys. I'm blogging the boys. Follow them on Twitter at Kelsey underscore Charles and Meg. How many how many R's do you have in your Meg Murray? There's four. four. Meg Murray. Meg Murray. <laughs> well, follow her. Check out their podcast. It's fantastic. I appreciate y'all hopping on today. Awesome. Thanks for having us. Yeah, it was fun. We're excited.